0: We're continuing in our series this morning a series called advent conspiracy Uh, Somewhere along the way christmas changed somewhere along the way christmas went from this time meant to be all about Celebrating the birth of jesus christ and it became about things like black friday and castleton square mall and credit card bills And just trying to survive the holidays just get through new years, but it doesn't have to be that way uh, we can celebrate Christmas. And I really believe that as followers of Jesus Christ, as Genesis Church, that we are called to celebrate Christmas through, through our words, through our actions, uh, to make sure that the entire world knows that God wasn't satisfied to simply allow this world to waste away. But uh, he sent Jesus Christ. Uh, he sent Jesus Christ as the truth, and Jesus changes Everything You know, there are some things that we can do uh, to better prepare our hearts for Christmas, to truly celebrate Christmas. We can give gifts. You know, even our gifts can, can be a way of celebrating Jesus. They can, they can have an impact on us and others. Uh, and that's why we've challenged everyone here at Genesis uh, to give one gift of compassion sometime over the next few weeks. Uh, one gift, whether it be an anonymous gift or someone that you know, it can be a gift with your money, uh, it can be a gift, it can be a gift with your time, and, and we've been hearing all sorts of great stories and, and looking forward to sharing as many of these with you as possible, but I received one this past week. I uh, just wanted to share one with you today. Uh, it made me cry, and, and I love this story, and, and, and I wanted to be able to bless you with it too. This person writes, she says, hey, hey Paul, I, I wanted to share my special compassion giving as challenged by Genesis Church It's been a great blessing to be able to give in this unique manner. Plus, I love to give practical gifts. So here's the story. I come from a really large family. There were seven kids, and we had very little money growing up. My parents weren't able to afford the school book and rental fees each year for our family, and often we didn't have money for lunch either, so we had to charge the lunch fees, which was always embarrassing as a young kid. The principal of my school would regularly pay For all seven kids, my brothers and sisters, for our book rental fee, and my parents would try and pay back the funds, and sometimes they did and sometimes they couldn't. But he was a wonderful, godly man who went to our church. So my special gift this year, all these years later, is to pay it forward, so to speak. There's a child at Cary Ridge School where Genesis Church used to meet that has not been able to pay for book rental fees. There are also five small kids who do not have enough lunch money and also owe lunch money from this past semester. So my family is blessed to share that we paid for the book rental for this child and also were able to give enough funds to pay for these five kids and their lunch money for the rest of the year. The school asked me to write an anonymous note to go with the donation, so I was able to share that Jesus was the only reason for these special gifts. And what an awesome blessing this has been to our family. Isn't that a great story? Isn't that awesome? And, uh, and there are others, and, and I look forward to sharing some more of those with you next weekend. If, if you'd be so willing to share your story with us, we'd love to hear it. Uh, Genesis, or I'm sorry, stories at genesisnoblesville.com. Uh, if you just send us an email, it's a real blessing to us as a staff, and, and we hope to share a bunch of these again. I've got more that I could share with you today, but I'm just going to do one today. But uh, what, what an awesome thing, what an awesome opportunity that we have to show Christ's love uh, with, e- with even simple gifts. Well, last week we talked about giving and we've been talking about giving for the past couple of weeks, you know, gifts of compassion, you know, giving a gift like this can really help to center our hearts, get our posture right uh, as we get ready for, you know, the truth behind Christmas. And this morning I, I want to shift gears just a little bit and I want to talk to you about what it means to live at peace with those around you. Uh, especially those close to you, because we're called to be peacemakers. As followers of Jesus Christ, as a church, uh, we are called to be peacemakers. And Christmas can be a great reminder for those of us who aren't currently living at peace with someone we know. But I'd like to pray before we start. God, I pray that you would be with us this morning, and especially uh, as we talk about something that can be a, a pretty difficult topic. And I know that one of the easiest things to do, the thing that Satan would love for us to do this morning is, is just to kind of get through this and, and almost shake it off of sorts and, and say, wow, that was neat. And using the whole peace term around Christmas is, is cute and all. But God, I truly believe with all of my heart that there are some and maybe many here today that need to hear this message from you because we're not living at peace right now in our lives. And maybe it's someone or it's a group of people And God, you can show us the way. You can show us the way to peace and reconciliation and forgiveness. And I believe it can start here this morning. And so God, speak to our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, invade our space that we may truly hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Isaiah the prophet wrote this. He said, for unto us, a child is born, uh, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He was talking about Jesus Christ, and for you and I this morning, the Prince of Peace. You know, Christmas is a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun, especially if you've got young kids, because we all know that kids love Christmas. Christmas and my kids the same. It's been fun watching them over the past couple of weeks. The routine every morning is typical. Uh, You'll hear somebody's footsteps coming down the stairs and they walk around the corner and their eyes are barely open and they got their Christmas jammies on. And the first one up always turns the Christmas tree lights on. It's like the special privilege and they'll usually before even eating breakfast, wander over to the tree and they'll try out all the different ornaments and then they'll go and they'll put the piece on the advent calendar. And and my kids love Christmas. And what kid doesn't love Christmas? Uh, It's safe to say that for kids, Christmas is generally one of the very best times of the year. Well, unfortunately... As we grow through life, things change. And, and we often encounter pain and, and we go through some difficult circumstances in life. And, and for some, Christmas can go from being this great time of celebration and fun, being with family and giving and receiving gifts, to a, well, you know, it can, it can become a very difficult time. Uh, it can be a very lonely time. You know, ask someone who has endured a divorce in their life. Uh, how much fun the holidays can be, and, and they'll tell you because divorce can bring a lot of pain, it can bring a lot of frustration into your family, it brings a lot of issues with logistics and scheduling because here's what happens. All of a sudden, you got like eight houses you need to visit and it has to be on December the 25th. I mean, you somehow have to work in all of those eight homes in a 24-hour period because if you don't, it doesn't count, all right? I mean, you have to be there on December the 25th. Uh, and those of you that have been through that and that's a part of your life You know what i'm talking about a little bit And If you've been there you realize this next uh, Maybe you've introduced a new person to your family Whether it be through marriage or something into your extended family and and we all know that sometimes when a new person comes in It takes a while to get warmed up to them to really get to know who they are and there can be some tension that comes with that or maybe, you know, some, some, uh, a death has come to your family over the past year. And all of a sudden, you know, the table isn't full at Christmas. There's, there's one obvious seat where someone is missing. And so there's some pain and there's some challenges that come with that. Uh, add to all of that, you know, factor in some harmful words, but that's been said by one person to another over the years. Uh, And and now you've got these unresolved differences you've got so-and-so who you've loaned thousands of dollars to but they somehow managed to get a brand new tv uh, This december and and you can see why some say that their goal is to simply survive the holidays Uh, If we could just get through christmas if we can just get past new years Then we can take a deep breath and we can go back to life And so you keep the peace, you know, if there's a problem you fake the smile Uh, You hope someone doesn't say anything rude and really it's only about three to four hours with them anyways And so you keep your mouth shut the whole time at least until that is you get in the car to drive away And then your spouse gets to hear all of it, you know as you're heading down the road But what if there was a simpler way? What if there was an easier way to deal with some of the difficult people in our life? I'm happy to tell you there is watch this video We've shown that two years in a row and I promise we won't show it again next year But it just seems so appropriate uh, for this morning, but don't you wish it were that easy? I mean, just one little pill and that's all you needed. But it's not that easy, is it? Uh, Who's that one person for you? That's what I I hope you do right now. I might not even have to ask because that person, their face has already come to your mind. Uh, Is there a name? You know, chances are that Most of us probably have peace issues with at least someone, you know, and the pain of a broken relationship only seems to escalate or become a little more obvious at a time like this. And and odds are that we all have at least one person that we're going to be around at Christmas that if we had the choice, we would prefer to not have to see them. And maybe it's because of something they did or something they said to us. Maybe it's because of something they did or said to someone that we love, and that can even be more difficult. Uh, It could be a fresh wound, it could be an old wound, it could be someone from your family, it could be someone from your neighborhood, it could be someone that you share your bed with. Whoever it is, and why ever it is, I think most of us can say that we feel some increased tension or strain around certain people at Christmas. And maybe it's someone who's never done a thing to you before, but they're just a lot like this guy right here. This guy right here, Cousin Eddie. How many of you have a Cousin Eddie in your family? Anybody have a Cousin Eddie? Yeah, we've got some hands. Are any of you afraid that you are the Cousin Eddie of your family, huh? And you're willing to put your hand up for that? I mean, they don't even do anything to you, but they just annoy you for who they are and how they act. Who is it for you? Who, who is that person in your life right now that maybe you really have a hard time being around? You know, most of us don't go into the holidays looking for a showdown. Some do. But what most of us tend to do is we kind of lay low and hope for the best. You know, let's not make things worse. Let's, let's not rock the boat. I mean, it's Christmas and we don't want to spoil the day. We don't want to spoil the event for our family or for everyone else. But, but do you see the path here? I mean, do you see the tendency here that we, when there are peace issues, most of us tend to take the path of peacekeeping. You know, we lay it low. We, we suck it up. We keep the peace until Christmas is over. That's what peacekeepers do. They keep the peace and hope to make it through without any increased conflict. But there is another way, and there is another path that I believe that we are called to as followers of Jesus Christ, and it's something that every person uh, with a difficult person in their life needs to hear, or anybody that recognizes that they may be that difficult person for someone else. Jesus has a way for us, and he's outlined this for us in Scripture with his own life. He has called us to a way of living that is not always like the ways of the rest of the world. They are countercultural. But when it comes to dealing with difficult people, when it comes to dealing with these strained relationships around us, here's what Jesus has to say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. He says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Uh, another translation says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Uh, I like what Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says. The message is a paraphrase. Here's what Eugene Peterson writes. He says, Hey, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight, that's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Now, these verses remind us that you and I, as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we are called to live at peace. We are called to make peace with those that we are having trouble with. And maybe you're like, yeah, 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 I've heard it before. But you don't know my story or, or so what? You have no idea what I'm going through. Well, this is the life that Jesus has for us. He says, hey, there is a way you can get there. It might not be easy. And notice that he doesn't call us to be peacekeepers, but he calls us to be peacemakers. He says, go and be peacemakers. There is a difference because peacekeepers are kind of like those UN guys that wear the blue helmets and go into all the hot spots of the world. Uh, In a few weeks, 17 others and I from Genesis Church, we're gonna go to Haiti and we're gonna see a lot of UN peacekeepers while they are, while we're there. They are, they are there to keep the fighting to a minimum. And peacekeeping is good, but Jesus didn't call us to be peacekeepers. He said, be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And you see, as Isaiah proclaimed, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And, and when I talk about peace and when I mention it here from this stage, I'm not talking about like Woodstock kind of peace or hippie peace or VW Volkswagen van, you know. Peace is a Jesus thing. That this idea of peace comes to us from heaven. It, it comes from God. You know, it was demonstrated in Jesus' life when he came to this world and he gave his life as the ultimate sacrifice for sin. His sacrifice... Brought peace. It made peace possible between man and God, between women and God. Now, God calls His children, He calls you and me, followers of Jesus Christ, to be the peacemakers. That means to be people of action. It's not just simply passive compliance. Peacemakers do more than live peaceful lives. They actively seek to make peace, they actively seek reconciliation, they seek forgiveness, they seek an end to bitterness. Peacemakers seek forgiveness when at all possible. And Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called what? They will be called the children of God. Now, this means as followers of Jesus, you and I, we are called to reflect the character of God in all that we do. Now, in Jesus' day, if you were to call someone the son or a child of a dog, it was meaning to say that their character was a lot like that of a dog. When someone was referred to as a child of God, it means that their their character reflected the very image of God. And as imitators of God, you and I, we are called to live at peace. Uh, it's a Jesus thing. We are called to make peace. It is our primary ministry as agents of peace. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 to 20 say this, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them as he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We are his agents. We are his imitators. We reflect the character of God as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Uh, that verse is basically saying that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to live as Jesus lived. You know, Jesus came to this world to make peace and that when you and I are willing to make peace in our life, when we're willing to seek reconciliation, when we're willing to extend forgiveness, it's as, almost as if we are helping people find their way back to God at the same time. It's as if God, and I love how the scripture says, is making his appeal through us here's my challenge for you today as we head into Christmas. Is there someone in your life right now, is there a person with whom you need to make peace? And and who is it? I mean, you might even just need to write their name down this morning, but maybe you don't need to. It's not that difficult. You know who it is that I'm talking about. Now, how do you go about making peace? Well, I want to just give you a few thoughts from Scripture Uh, Some words to reflect on, four words this morning. And I'm not saying that you're going to solve this today. Uh, I'm not going to say that in any way you're going to figure all of this out. But here's what I believe God is going to do. I believe that for some of you, God is going to move in your heart in such a way that you know as you walk out this door this morning, you need to take the first step. That something in your life has to change. That you need to make peace with so-and-so. And so I've got four words for you. They don't spell anything. Uh, nothing cute or fancy, but four words to just kind of get you moving in the direction of peace. And, and you might have to take these and you might have to spend some time chewing on them or processing them on your own, reading through these scripture on your own. But I want to give you four words real quickly, four things to help get you started in making peace in your life. The first one is this, it's the word pray. It's the word pray. You have to choose to pray. If you're going to seek uh, to make peace with someone in your life, I'm telling you right now, then you're going to have to commit to praying. Because you can, you can be so bold and so courageous right here in this room and walk out the door and everything changes. And so you're going to have to stay committed to prayer. Because uh, you might be motivated through the rest of this day and even tomorrow and in the week to come. But the longer you go on, Satan's going to work on your heart and he's going to try and steal that motivation away from you. And so you're going to have to commit yourself to prayer, to commit yourself to praying for this situation, to choose to pray for the person who hurt you. You have to start right here. And our great example in this, again, is Jesus. You know, we can always look to Jesus. He was born into this world of chaos. And from the very beginning of his life all the way to the very end, he frequently encountered hostility. He constantly faced opposition. He was betrayed over and over again. He was mocked. He was spit on. And people celebrated as he hung on the cross. And even in the humiliation and even in the embarrassment and even in the agony, you know the verse. What does it say that Jesus did? He prayed and he prayed, Father, forgive them. He started with prayer. You know, as you seek peace with that someone or others in your life, you have to start with prayer. You have to pray. And if you've been hurt and you know the, how deep the wound is and you have no idea how to begin to seek peace with that person, with that offender, and you think there's no way, I want to encourage you this morning and say there is a way, but it starts with prayer. And you'll have to commit your life to prayer. And don't pray for God to strike them down and, and don't pray for God to give them hemorrhoids all right, because you you're get off track there. But pray, you know, pray for peace, you know, pray for God. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, pray for healing. Pray for understanding. You know, pray for God to heal the hurt in their life. If they're hurting others, chances are they've probably been hurt at some point in their life too. So pray for God to forgive them. Uh, pray for God to give them a new perspective. Uh, pray that they would turn from their sins and repent. Pray for the best. And keep praying for yourself too. That God would just give you this desire. You know, to be that agent of change, to be that agent of peace. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Years ago, before I ever worked here, uh, before I ever lived here, there was a guy who I was having a really hard time getting along with. And he always, often took me to the edge. Uh, He drove me crazy. And the sad part was that he was supposed to be a friend. And now my first thought, my first reaction, more times than not, unfortunately, was that I'd go talk to others about him. I mean, I'd complain about him, and, and I'm, I'm sad to admit that, but that's what I did. And I, I'd complain about him to my wife, and, and I felt so righteous, uh, so self-righteous in it all that I wasn't at fault, and he was. And, and I don't know what prompted me. I, well, I do know. I knew no it was God. But one day I just started praying for him. And I started praying for me. And sure, he still bugged me from time to time. But as I started praying, as I continued praying, I I, I began to see that I had this less harsh attitude towards him uh, the more and more that I prayed. You know, here's the thing that you need to know as you begin praying. And as you begin praying for that someone in your life, it it is possible that your prayers will have no impact or an immediate impact on their life. That is possible, and I, I just want you to know that. But, but I promise you this, that if your heart is in it, and if you pray faithfully, while they might not change, I can promise you that you will. And God can do that. Luke chapter 6, verse 28 says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Pray for those who mistreat you. you know, who's it for you? Oh, and are you praying for them? Are you praying for that situation in your life? Will you pray to God, God, would you, would you give me peace? Would you make me a peacemaker? And the first step in that is to pray. The first step towards peace is to pray. The second word that I want to give you this morning is the word initiate. You know, right after Jesus talked about being a peacemaker, he said in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. The the Bible says here that if I hold a grudge against someone, that I have a responsibility as a follower of Jesus to go and to confront them about that particular grudge. You just don't sit on it and let it ruin you and let it fester inside of you, but we are supposed to go to them. You know, that, that whether I am the offended party or whether I am that someone who has been offended, um, I'm supposed to go to them. And in these verses, Jesus said, hey, don't come to me wanting to do all of these things in in my temple, this was the context at this time, without first taking care of some of this junk that you've got going on in your life. If you don't have peace with someone, how can you expect to find peace with me? You know, Is there peace in your life? Jesus is suggesting that the way to peace means being the one who is willing to take the first step, the one who is willing to take Initiative. Now, our tendency is to do the opposite. We like to do the opposite. We'll say things like, well, if they have a problem, they know where they can find me. Or if if they've got a problem, if there's a problem here, they can start changing their attitude and the way they do things, and this will all work out. But that's not what Jesus says. Uh, He doesn't give us that exemption, you know. Um, He he says, peacemakers take the first step. And I want to encourage you, as you go to your parties, as you see family, as you continue interacting with your neighbors or, or the people at the office, as you look ahead to seeing so-and-so, would you make a commitment, and maybe even right now here this morning, a commitment to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take the first step. I'm going I'm to take the initiative here you know, this could help. And here's a suggestion. Uh, It's what's called the 30-second rule. Uh, Health experts, or not health experts, uh, human relations experts will tell you that what happens in the first 30 seconds of your dialogue with someone else can really set the whole tone for the entire conversation. And so what that looks like for you is, you know, you see Cousin Eddie uh, at the next family event, and and you just make it a point that, you know what, I'm going to really set the tone uh, for this entire day. And so I'm... I'm going to get us off on the right foot. I'm going to show a genuine interest in what they do. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Seinfeld. Any Seinfeld fans? Uh, you know, Jerry and Newman. Uh, every time Newman enters this room, there's always that, that tension in the room. And, and, and Newman's always like, well, hello, Jerry. Hello, Newman. And, uh, you know, you, you just could kind of the, cut the tension uh, with a knife. You know, do you put out a good vibe or do you put out a bad vibe? You know, when you come in the room, when, when you see that Someone. try setting a different tone. Try the 30-second rule. Show kindness to that person. Show a genuine interest in something that's going on in their life. If they make a nasty fruitcake, you know, compliment on the shape of it or something, you know. I mean, just come up with something authentic that you can say. Ask them again about something that's happening around them. They might blow you off, but maybe they won't. And maybe even that 30-second start will, will change a bunch of different things. The point is, you know, to get off on the right foot, you know, don't wait to see how they're going to greet you, but you set the tone. You be the peacemaker. Now, here's the thing. There's a huge sync up with all this peace stuff and this initiative stuff, even with Christmas. You know, Jesus coming to the earth as the prince of peace uh, to a world separated from God. Notice that God took the first step. You know, God took the initiative. He didn't wait for you and me to get our act together to figure out this sin problem. He just certainly didn't sweep it under the rug either. You know, he took the initiative. Romans chapter 5 Verse 8 says, But God demonstrates His own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Now, you might think that that sounds a lot like an Easter verse. And it does. We typically talk about that verse around Easter. But it's a Christmas verse. Because the only reason that Jesus was born into this world was so that He could die. The only reason that He came to this world was to make peace between God, between men and women and teens and children to bring about reconciliation, to make a way to forgiveness. Now, Jesus isn't going to ask us to do anything that he hasn't already done. And because Jesus was willing to make peace, you and I can make peace too, no matter the situation. And I just want you to be able to truly celebrate Jesus this Christmas. But for some of you, in order to do that, you've got someone in your life right now with whom there's no peace. And I think you need to take a step towards making peace with that someone. Pray about peace. And maybe you're saying, there is no way. You have no idea my story. You have no idea my situation. I couldn't take the first step. Well, remember, the first step isn't to initiate. It's to pray. Don't skip over that prayer part, saying it's impossible to take step number two. We've got to be people who are willing to pray. The third word is the word empathize. Uh, it's what one person calls, as I was reading this past week, the Doc Martens principle. Uh, remember a few years back when everyone had to have a pair of Doc Martens? Um, I've got mine on today. And like everything else fashionable in the world, I get mine a couple of years after everyone else has them. It's just been a, a trend my entire life. I got them when they were on sale, uh, but there was, I don't even know if they're cool anymore or not, but there was a time uh, when everyone had to have the black shoes with the yellow stitching and, and kind of the theme, the motto was, you know, don't judge a man, don't judge a woman till you've walked a mile in their shoes, right? You know, we need to understand people's story. You know, it it sounds like a great bumper sticker, but there's some great wisdom in it too. I was trying to think of a a way of illustrating this. The last church where I served was a really large church, and every Sunday morning, a ton of people, you know, were in the atrium. And I remember this one young gal, and I'll just be really honest with you, she was very obese, Uh, she was very young, and we regularly would see her come into the building. I'd see her, and she'd come walking in, um, pushing a baby stroller with a cat in it. No baby, but, but her cat was in this baby stroller. She would bring her cat with her to church. i got to be honest, that was a little weird to me. And I, I couldn't help but wonder every time I saw her, okay, what's the deal here? What's the deal with bringing your cat to church? Well, one day, um, as some time had passed, she got involved with our college ministry. And my wife and I had the chance to get to know her one day and hear a little bit of her story. Pretty fascinating story. This cat that she had, uh, was more than a friend. But because this girl was a diabetic, um, she had this cat as an assistant, and the cat was able to tell when her blood sugar was off. And, and she could help this young gal know when she needed to, to take her insulin. Um, but but the story um, really is, is quite an interesting story because you just couldn't help but wonder how she's become this way and all that. Uh, she had no family, like zero family. Uh, the father that she did have, sexually abused her repeatedly throughout her life until he died when she was a teen. Uh, Her mom died not too long later when she was a teen. She lives in complete loneliness today. I mean, this cat serves her as a medical assistant, but this cat is her family. It's her only family. I don't know about you, but I have the tendency at times to make judgments of people before I really get to know them or get to know their story. And I realize that there may be someone in your life right now who hurt you, and I'm not suggesting that you accept what they did, that you give them a free pass for their actions or just simply let them off the hook. But at some point, because at some point we have to take responsibility for our actions, but I wonder in how many situations where we've been hurt by someone else If we were simply willing to extend some empathy, we might better understand their story. We might better understand why they act the way they do, why they say the things that they say. You know, maybe you've got someone in your life right now who continually rubs you the wrong way. Why are they like that? And is it possible that if you were willing to extend some empathy to them and learn their story, your feelings towards them might change? Again, this is why prayer has to be the starting place. We've got to pray that God would give us a heart like his, a heart, a wise heart, but a loving heart like his. The fourth word, the last word is the word reconcile. Just one more thing on this path the peace is to make reconciliation the goal in your relationships. To reconcile means to restore something. It means to take all of the broken pieces and put them back together to their original intent. You know, make restoring the relationship the goal. Make finding peace the goal the goal, but don't miss this. And this is very important. Notice that I said reconcile and not resolve. Because here's what I mean by that. A lot of times we think that in order for things to get better, to find peace, that whoever has offended us has to own up to what they've done or say sorry or change. And although that would be great, that's resolving. And in some relationships, I realize that there is more to reconciliation There's more than just kissing and making up. And it's not just that simple. And you can't just simply shake it off and move on and go back to the way that it used to be. But remember this, we can't go back in time. We can't go back in time. And unfortunately, not everything from the past can necessarily be resolved. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You know, most of the time, it's not up to us to whether the person owns up to the stuff, or takes responsibility for what they've done. But the verse is still clear that if at all possible to live at peace with everyone, you, know, you and I as followers of Jesus Christ, Genesis Church, we are called to be peacemakers. We are called to live at peace. We are called to seek peace. Now, I know there are some exceptions to this. And we don't have time to get into those exceptions today, this morning, especially if that tension in your life involves someone who has been abusive if someone who has been in your life has been dangerous or has put you in a very challenging or a threatening situation, and I'm not suggesting at all that you go and you put yourself back in that situation. Okay? So it may be very clear in that. But while those situations are real and those situations are unfortunate, I'm not sure it's the standard or it's the norm for what most of us are experiencing with some of the peace issues that we have with others around us. You know, I believe that most of the relationships that are strained in our life right now or broken can be reconciled. And I just want you to be able to walk away from here this morning with the confidence of knowing that peace is possible, no matter how complex, no matter the history. And that's why prayer is so important. You know, to pray, God, give me the strength, give me the understanding, give me the willingness to forgive. You know, pray for God to work in your heart, you know, towards this other person. Pray that God would give them a desire to change and to turn from their ways. Who is that person for you this morning? Is there someone in your life right now with whom you need to seek peace? Jesus is the Prince of Peace and I believe that He can give you the strength to be a peacemaker right now in your life and in your situation. Let's pray. God, we we thank You for Jesus and we thank You for the life that He lived and modeled for us. And we thank you, God, that he has already shown us the way through his love and through his example. And as you have offered us peace in this world, God, I pray that you would show us how to reflect your character to be people of peace today. God, there are many in this room today that have endured a broken relationship. They've gone through some difficult times. And for some, they had little to do with it. They were a victim. They've been hurt or offended by someone, maybe by someone they love. This morning, God, we pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would work in us in such a way that we would be willing to say, I can be a peacemaker, that I can take a chance at peace, have forgiveness, at reconciliation. And God, I know there are are people here today that are, are willing to take a chance at this, and I'm so thankful for their commitment here this morning. And So, God, I lift them up to you. Because I know, we know the way to peace is not always the easiest. So God, would you show us how to pray? Would you give us the right words? Would you give us the right attitude? Would you give us the faith to believe? Would you give us the courage to proceed to go first? God, give us a heart to be empathetic to others, to give us wisdom. You know, regardless of whether that person you know, responds positively or changes, God, we pray that you would change us in our willingness to forgive, and in our willingness to make peace. God, we want to grow to be more and more like you. And Father in heaven, we thank you for what Jesus' birth means to us, that you have made peace with us, God, and that you sent Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to this world to forgive us for sin. With it, every head bowed and every eye closed, I know that for some of you this morning, that might be news, that might be unbelievable news, that might be new news. And that you don't know this truth in your own life. You've been living far from God and you don't know His love and you're here this morning and you are lost with nowhere to go. I have great news for you. Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost. And when He came to this earth, He came for you. He died for you. His forgiveness, His love, His hope is ready for you, and you can receive that in your life today. And as we pray, and with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you would like to invite Him to be the Lord of your life, would you just slip your hand up where you are right now? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to say your name. I just want to pray for you today. Wherever you are, if you want to make that decision to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life, You can pray this prayer with me silently wherever you sit. Father, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Give me Jesus. Change me to become more like him. God, I thank you uh, for these commitments in this room this morning, Uh, for these decisions for Christ. I thank you for those that are ready to walk away from here and take the first step towards peace. And I pray for those that are here today who have not yet accepted your love, God, that you would draw them to yourself. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.